So uh, as mentioned, we're reading from Matthew uh, chapter 5, the uh, first 12 verses. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's, uh, let's pray as we turn to God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you that, that you speak to us because you love us, and thank you that your Son speaks to us so wonderfully in this passage about the blessed life, and please help us to be drawn to, to the picture he paints, and if we're following him, to be, to be assured by you this morning that we are deeply blessed. In his name, amen. Well, it's the first Sunday of the new year, and uh, in a talk like this, I guess it's expected that, that I might talk about New Year's resolutions, uh, what we're hoping to do differently this year, whether it's what we eat or how much exercise we're doing. But, uh, but I don't want to talk about New Year's resolutions. I want to talk about and ask you about what are your New Year hopes? What are you hoping for 2021? goes without saying that 2020 was an extraordinary tough year. Well, how are you hoping that 2021 will be different? Or put it this way, if you could draw out your ideal 2021, what would it look like? What would be in the picture and what wouldn't be? And I ask about our New Year hopes because they get at something they get at our idea of the good life. That's something we all have, uh, a vision of the good life, uh, a way of life that leads to flourishing and lasting happiness. We might not realize that, that we have that, a vision of the good life, but, but it has a way of leaking out, like when we catch ourselves saying, this is the life, or I'm living the dream, or this is what it's all about gives us a clue about our vision of the good life. It's what makes a day into a good day. It's what makes a new year into a happy new year if it fits with our vision of the good life. And it's what this passage is getting at. That word blessed that comes up nine times in nine verses. In the Bible, the blessed life is the good life. The good life is the blessed life, a way of life 
that leads to flourishing and lasting happiness. It's not just a Bible word, though. If you're on social media, you might have seen uh, hashtag blessed come up a good bit. People posting photos and, and captioning them, blessed. Here, here's what I'm talking about. Party time with the mates, hashtag blessed. Comfy house to enjoy, hashtag blessed. A beautiful family and a beautiful holiday, hashtag blessed. Being fit and healthy, blessed. And in a way, those photos are just a bit of fun, but they're also snapshots of the world's vision of the good life. Comfort, luxury, holidays, looking good, being healthy. That's the good life, the blessed life, isn't it? And here's the thing, your vision of the good life really matters. Because what you think the good life is, is what you'll go after. Think of how advertising works. Clever advertisers don't just try to sell us stuff, they sell us a way of life. They paint a picture of a, a life that's easy and comfortable and stress-free, and they say, don't you want that? Don't you want to buy into that vision of the good life? Well, you just need to give us your money and you can have it, and then you'll be blessed. That's why our vision of a good life matters. It, it doesn't just shape our New Year hopes. It shapes what we spend our money on, and it shapes what we invest our time in, and how we do relationships, and our priorities for our kids. In fact, it shapes pretty much everything we do, because we'll go after what we think will make us happy. Our vision of a good life really matters. And so Jesus wants to give us his vision of the good life. He wants to get his vision into us. And that's what he's doing in this passage and this chapter. He's inviting us to embrace his idea of what leads to flourishing and lasting happiness. The strange thing is that Jesus' vision <laughs> doesn't seem to be very happy. Remember the, the social media snapshots of the blessed life, uh, the world's vision, comfort, luxury, holidays? Here are snapshots of Jesus' vision of the good life. Those who mourn, Jesus says, they're blessed, living the good life. Those who are wronged and do the hard work of showing mercy and peacemaking, Jesus says they're blessed, living the good life. Thrown into prison for your faith, persecuted, Jesus says you're blessed. Jesus says the good life is very different to what we normally imagine. And it's going to take more than one sermon for us to embrace his vision. And that's why, see, as Steve said, we're going through this chapter bit by bit this term. And it's also why this sermon might feel a bit superficial, because I'm just trying to give us a, a big picture of what Jesus is doing. Come back in future weeks, and we'll go through the detail. But at the outset, what strikes me, and what has struck me this week, is how kind Jesus is to give us his vision of, of the good life. We might think that God 
makes our lives miserable. But Jesus wants to lead us into a way of life that leads to flourishing and lasting happiness. That feels timely going into this year. This year when, when the world's vision, or rather last year, when the world's vision of the good life has been torpedoed, comfort, fun, holidays, health, 2020 showed how empty, how hollow that vision of the good life is. And we hope this year will be brighter, but it will still be tough. And in this year, Jesus' vision of the good life is good news because he says we can be blessed even when life is bleak. Well, in the time we've got left, I just want to race through these verses and highlight a few things for us. Namely, who is blessed, why they're blessed, and some implications for us. So first, who? Who is blessed? Who's living the good life? according to Jesus. Well, look at what Jesus says back in Matthew 5. Uh, Jesus says in the first half of each verse, from verse 3 onwards, who's blessed? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Who is it that's living the good life? It's those people, says Jesus. People who've bought into that way of life. And in the next few weeks, we'll go through each one of those. But it's good that we're doing an overview because it lets me say that Jesus isn't talking about just anyone. He's talking about his followers Christians. Look at verse 12, verse 11 rather. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil things about you because of me, because of your deep loyalty to Jesus. When Jesus talks about those who are blessed, he's talking about Christians. And to un underline that, when Jesus talks about the, the poor in spirit and the merciful and the peacemakers, he's not talking about different categories of people. He's talking about the same people from different angles. Christians, peacemakers, merciful, pure. Jesus is saying that's what marks out his followers. Put it like this. If Christianity were a disease then these are the symptoms that show you've really caught it. And don't misunderstand, it's, it's not that we should be able to look at ourselves and see these things perfectly, fully formed. But we can expect to see them growing in us as we follow Jesus. Growing bit by bit. Poverty of spirit, meekness, persecution. This is the way of life Jesus invites us to. If we're following him, this is the way of life you're living into bit by bit. And if that's you, Jesus says, you're blessed. You're living the good life. Which might seem surprising to us because Jesus' way of life doesn't sound very blessed. It doesn't always feel 
very blessed, poor, mourning, persecuted. And yet Jesus says, this really is the good life. Well, why? Why are Christians blessed? Jesus tells us why in the second half of each verse. And it works a bit like a sandwich. If you imagine these verses like a sandwich, then, then on the outside, you've got verse 3 and verse 10 holding it all together. And look at how they finish the same way. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here's why Christians are blessed, because we're included in the kingdom of heaven. And to see what that means, well, we, we look at the verses in between, in the middle of a sandwich. And when you look at the end of those verses, what you see is that they're promises about something future. So look with me from verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Verse 5, for they will inherit the earth, for they will be filled, for they will be shown mercy, for they will see God for they will be called children of God. Why are Christians blessed? Because this wonderful kingdom of heaven future awaits us, being comforted by God, having an inheritance from God, being satisfied by God, receiving mercy from Him, seeing Him, being known as His children. See, Jesus is inviting us to a whole new outlook on what makes us happy. The world says, this life is all there is. So to have the good life, you've got, you've got to have a nice life now. You've got to have a nice, easy, comfortable life now while you can, which makes total sense if this life is all there is. But that misses that one day God will establish the kingdom of heaven, heaven on earth where Jesus' followers will enjoy flourishing and happiness forever. Any vision of a good life that ignores that is, is empty and hollow. There's nothing wrong with money and health and comfort, but they won't get us lasting happiness. They'll melt away like snow. Jesus says, don't find your happiness here. Find it there. Don't find it in earthly things that melt away. Find it in the kingdom of heaven that will last forever. If we're following Jesus, there's a wonderful future ahead of us. It's why life can be rubbish now, and we can still be blessed. And so here's what I think Jesus wants for us this morning and, and this term. Know that this is the good life, and if you're following him, be joyfully secure in your blessedness. Know that this is the good life and be joyfully secure in your blessedness. Isn't it striking that out of all these verses, Jesus only gives one command in verse 12. To those who are following this way of life, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. You're living the good life. You're blessed so rejoice and be glad. That's a good thing by itself. 
But in the context of this chapter, there's a reason Jesus wants that for us. Because as we'll see again and again in this chapter, Jesus wants us to live differently. He calls us to be different. And there are two things about living differently that come through from Jesus' teaching. It's demanding and it's dangerous. Living differently is demanding. We'll see that Jesus wants us to be righteous. And by that, he doesn't just mean that we do righteous-looking things, that we wear righteousness on the outside like a winter coat. He wants us to be righteous on the inside, for our lives to be righteous in every way. It's demanding. And secondly, it's dangerous. Being different to the world puts us on a collision course with the world. Jesus says it, it could wind up with us being insulted and excluded and persecuted for righteousness. So before we get into anything else, Jesus reassures us that this life, which is demanding and dangerous, the Christian life, is the blessed life. So that when we come to his challenging commands later this term, we've already heard his promises that we're blessed. So that when we fear losing out, we know that we have an inheritance that nothing can touch. We're blessed. So we're willing to be different because though it's demanding and dangerous, it's the good life. We're blessed. And as we're finished, I'm aware that, that we're just skimming the surface and it will take time for us to embrace Jesus's vision of a good life. And for some of us this morning, it will be especially difficult to believe that we're blessed. But I want to finish with something that might help to move us in that direction. And it's this, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. Firstly, in, in what Jesus says, these words in our Bibles about being blessed, that they're not just words on a page, they're Jesus' words. And Jesus isn't just anyone sharing their thoughts about the good life. He's God in the flesh. He's able to speak about the blessed life like no one else. When Jesus speaks about the good life, he speaks with divine authority. When he promises us we're blessed, we can trust him. If you're following Jesus, be secure in your blessedness because he says so and he speaks as God in the flesh. Second, what Jesus shows. Jesus doesn't just say this is the blessed life, he shows it. These descriptions of being poor in spirit and, and merciful and peacemakers and, and all the rest, they're a portrait of a Christian. But they're a portrait of a Christian, of a Jesus follower, because ultimately they're a portrait of Jesus himself. As well as preaching this stuff, Jesus embodies it perfectly. He lived differently, righteously, even though it was demanding and dangerous. And even though it cost him his earthly life, God raised him to the life of the kingdom of heaven. And so when Jesus gives us this way of life that he says is blessed, he doesn't just say it, he lived it. And now he's happy forever. So if you're following Jesus, be secure in your blessedness. He doesn't just say it, he shows us 
that this is the blessed life. And finally, what Jesus secures. See, when Jesus rose to the new life of the kingdom, he didn't just secure it for himself. He secured it for us, for his people too, so that anyone who belongs to him will, be a, will, have, will share in his reward, will enjoy flourishing and happiness in the kingdom of heaven forever. He doesn't just tell us about it or show us how it's done. He wins it for us so that we're blessed in him. If you're following Jesus, be secure in your blessedness because he secures it for us. We don't know what this new year will hold, but Jesus tells us this is the good life. And if we're following him, we are deeply blessed. Let's have a moment to reflect, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that Jesus gives us his true vision of the good life. Thank you that he wants to lead us into a way of life that, that leads to flourishing and lasting happiness. And we pray that this morning and this term, you would help us to, to embrace what he says, to know his words, and not just to know them, but to be captivated by them so that we follow him in this good way of life. And we pray in his name. Amen.